I'm Lindsay with Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable six-figure farms they are today. We want you to join us each week as we have real, honest conversations about life and business. And we promise you'll leave feeling inspired and your farming toolbox will be filled with actionable strategies you can implement at any stage in your business. Learn from our mistakes as we talk business, marketing, and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and get the dirt on flowers. Welcome back to another episode of the Dirt on Flowers podcast. Lindsay and I, we have been having so much fun doing this, have we not, Lindsay? We've been really having a blast. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We were just, before we uh, got this started, every every episode we're like, how are we going to start it? How is this yes. going to So we just got <laughs> giggling about all the ridiculous ways that we could start it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we are. We're having fun. We're we're still learning, but we, yeah, it's been a blast. Like even Mm -hmm. not just the recording part, but interacting with everybody on social media, um, the funny comments, all of that. Yes. It's been so much fun. You know, Lindsay's pushing me out of my comfort zone a little bit to do some ridiculous reels. So you have a little bit to look forward to. I think I'm, (laughs) I have my assignments from Lindsay and I'm going to do it, Lindsay, I promise. Um, But I know we got a lot of really good feedback from the one with all the crap Lindsay texts me while (laughs) while we are (laughs) podcasting. Uh, Literally, that was the PG version on the reel. (laughs) I am, um, I am, imagine what it's like if I actually took off the filter because I am filtered. (laughs) I really, my mom's, my, no, it's not my mom, my dad, who's quite the character on my um, social media page. Actually, the week that we're recording this, I posted a photo of my dad, Mm -hmm. um, who we call Bradass, self, self named (laughs) by himself. And um, he is this picture of him like hunting. And he, I got more engagement on my Instagram feed than I ever have in the entire existence of my Instagram. And I'm actually like, really, people? Like, that is what you're going to – not the beautiful flowers. It's my dad in full camo with an elk rack on his back with hand-drawn tattoos. Okay. I was going to ask. Yeah. about the tattoos. Yeah. So he – well, I'll give you the story behind this because I said I would share. So um, we had to – for a Christmas – we had a uh, family thing where we only did handmade gifts for each other. Okay. That, yes. My dad made jerky and it was bad <laughs> ass jerky. Okay. <laughs> dad hunts. And so he drew these tattoos, these flame tattoos up his arm, a barbed wire on his, on his bicep. Oh my goodness. Full camo, face paint, the bow, all this stuff with his elk. And so this was his packaging. I mean, he went all okay. out. <laughs> Yeah, so this was the photo for his Brad ass deer jerky <laughs> packaging. Is what it actually is. But he's just he is fun. He my yes. customers love him. I mean, mm-hmm. they really do. There is literally a following. I'm pretty sure it's like mid 60 year old women that that are like team Brad ass. Like, no. No, I can't I can't. If you think I'm unfiltered, um Yes, I can't yeah, we, even imagine. No. 
No, but we've had, yeah, we've just had good, we've just had fun on social mm-hmm. media too with you guys. And um, we've got funny people wrote in, you know, some funny comments to us and all that. Yes. So. Yes. So thank you. If you reached out and gave us like a little attaboy, a little positive encouragement, we appreciate that. But most of all, we're, we're having fun and we're just really, I'm just finding a lot of joy in being like a source of information to people who are starting out because- mm-hmm. The reason we started this was because we so desperately needed our own versions of Shannon and Lindsay when we were first starting out. Mm -hmm. So if I can be that and Lindsay can be that and for anybody out there, then we're doing a good job. Yeah. And we still need it. I mean, we still have a little posse of like a group text (laughs) that we have with four of us farmers where it's like, we still want it, you know? So we want this podcast not even to just be for newbies, but for people Mm -hmm. that are still like year six and growing because we're still learning, you know, we're still learning what the heck we're doing on stuff. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, yeah, it's very, it's just been a lot of, it's been a lot of fun. So yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we get to talk about a very cool topic today, which is a form of agro-tourism that you could have on your farm, which would be a U-Pick. So there's lots of different ways that you can do a U-Pick. Um, we're really talking about how to operate it well and profitable for your farm. Um, so, and I know Lindsay, she has she has U-Pick as a permanent part of her business model. Um, we do it here or there with some on-farm events, and we can talk about that a little bit too. But um, Lindsay has a great UPIC model. She has refined it over many, many years. So we're excited to talk about it today. Yeah. So my – and I've said this a couple of times, but agritourism is really kind of the heart of my farm, mm-hmm. um, which – was not how I intentionally started out thinking. Um, but my community of people is just, it's amazing. I think part of it is because I'm from here. We just have such a loyal customer following. And so it's, the business has grown from that. And I'm also personally fueled by that. So Mm -hmm. I really enjoy having people on my farm and getting to experience those things. Um, so the, Starting out with operating a UPIC, it's like you need to look at one of the things I would say is just, is agritourism a good fit for your farm? And mm-hmm. the first question I always ask when people say like about a UPIC, it's like, well, do you like people? Because that's that's a real – like it's a thing. They come with 100%. the – Yeah. And it's, it's okay if you don't, 100%, mm-hmm. right? So – there are days where I there's stuff I have a lot of things going on. I need to go to the farmers market, or we've got um, a workshop going on. It used to be that I had weddings, you know, to set up, mm-hmm. um, and so I couldn't be all of those places. So I have people in place now that mm-hmm. can that do like people and they love running yeah. and they're happy to interact mm-hmm. with customers. So that's the first question, and you don't have to tell us if you like people. It's fine. Maybe wholesale's your thing, um, yes. but. That's really the first requirement to to kind of establish that. And then, you know, I say there's a couple questions to kind of ask yourself if you want to dive into agritourism. One is the do you like people? Two is mm-hmm. are you able to kind of let go of control because mm-hmm. having people on your property, you know. It's, it's hard. Yeah. The parking. Mm-hmm. They can't park. Yes. I'm going to say every episode, I'm going to say it. They can't. They really cannot. You give them an open field and it's like, what's happening over there? Yeah. 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 And then, you know, 
are you ready to expand your business? Because as we, as I um, kind of stepped into this, I kind of put my toes in the water a little bit with it um, early where it was like, okay, I'm going to try this. And we would just do pop-up events, like pop-up mm-hmm. you pick events and before we committed to it. But it is really a entire expansion of your business, something that's very different to manage than a CSA subscription or Mm -hmm. um, wedding. So all of the pieces that are involved with that, the marketing side, it isn't Mm -hmm. just one more offering. It's really something that's like you have to have staffing and, you know, Mm -hmm. talk about this here in a little bit. But yeah, it's um, those are some of the things I think to start out to kind of ask yourself to see um, if that having a pick is is the right direction for you to go. Yeah, I mean, I always think, you know, we always, I and I would definitely encourage anybody to like, when you're farming, really figure out the things that will either like light you up or completely drain you. And I think agrotourism is one of those things that can be super polarizing. So if having people experience your farm, being on your farm, interacting with your flowers, interacting with you is something that it, you do not feel would be a good fit, then I really do think that this would not be the the option for you, or you have to find other people who do love that and let go of the control of allowing people on your farm. Like they're never going to treat your flowers the way that you do. And they're never going to cut them the way that you do. They just want to be out there having a good time. Like they're just there for a good time. And I've tried to like, even like educate, give education, like, oh, this is how you cut. Honestly, I don't know. Do, do you do that, Lindsay? I feel like it. sometimes it works. Some people want to know and other people just want to be mm-hmm. out there. Yeah, we do a little bit. We do that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends on some, – sometimes people want it. Sometimes they've been here so many times and it doesn't yes. matter how they cut it. It really doesn't. Right. It They're really here doesn't. for the experience of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think – once you kind of establish for yourself, like, okay, if this is something, like you said, that it kind of lights you up, because I get the question all the time, like, how I want to start a UPIC, how, where do I start? Um, and I think really thinking about, because you said having people on your property, you can't really explain it until it happens. Um, because we over communication with customers, like you just, you're constantly on repeat about your hours. And that was why we switched to, um, having like a, one of the reasons we have a set you pick is that we have set days and set times that we're open because that consistency helps to kind of train the customer. Um, but yeah, it's, you guys do also do a you pick, but you're just more like select. Yeah, we do. We don't do like an open you pick, and we we do it a little bit different because I know Lindsay, you like have a dedicated you pick field. Um, we just have like an on a couple two times a month, July, August, and September, we do a uh, you pick and design. So it's maybe fifteen people at a time. Last yeah. year we exper- experimented with some you pick stuff. It, it it did good. It did good. Um, but I think really that you pick and design piece was really important and people really do love being here. And it is another way. I know we talked about it in the CSA episode, but when people get to step foot on your farm, the connection that they grow with you, your business, your flowers, you, it, it cannot be matched when they just are at meeting you at the farmer's market. So mm-hmm. I really do think like for me, the agritourism piece of the farm has been just so instrumental in just creating like those lifelong customers who 
rave about you, the ones who tell other people. So I really do think that if you look at your market and you determine that it's a good fit for where you live and people are going to pay to come pick flowers, um, then I really do think it would be a great way to expand your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we looked at starting it, I did a little bit of market research and as far as just in general with UPICs. And one of the things that I read was that people will travel 25 miles to go to a agritourism or go to a UPIC. So thinking about, um, you know, your location and, um, you know, where are, are you close to, you know, town? Are you, how far are you out? Um, cause is it, we're not that far out of town, but people, the perception Still, you know, it's like, oh, they're outside of Marietta, um, you know, so there's there is that kind of um, distance that people will travel to kind of come to an event like that. But so some of the I'm talking about some of the pros and cons of of a pick your own. And for me, I I love it. I has been I have way more pros in my mind for the the reasons that we do it. And a lot of them are what you just said, that experience that the customer gets on the farm that they really cannot get at a farmer's market. We have customers literally that will go to the farmer's market and then come to the UPIC or vice versa. You know, So it's like they just, they love that for the experience side. But one of the, the big pros for me is that there's the reduced labor cost in the pick your own because the customer is picking it. Now you still... I'm not, I'm not put, putting, looking at this through rose-colored glasses to say that there's no labor involved. There's definitely labor involved with the UPIC. Um, but the packaging of the, you know, harvesting and processing and making the bouquet and, and delivering and all of those things that goes, that go into the farmer's market, um, you don't have that and you have the added value of the experience. So, you know, the reduced labor cost to me is huge. The, um, connection with the community and that loyalty with them, like you said, once they get on your property is is huge. Um, and we have reduced seed costs because we use less expensive seed for the UPIC. And that's meaning they're not buying these really, you know, they don't care if it's sylphid celosia or wh- whatever. You can use pompous plume, which is a really good mix, and you get 10,000 seeds for a fraction of the, of the price, you know, so we're able to kind of, they're still beautiful flowers. Um, and, but you know, that you're just saving a little bit on those necessarily those expensive varieties you would be buying. Mm-hmm. I think also the UPIC kind of provides maybe a little bit of like, it's like a gateway. It's like a it's like a gateway purchase into other bigger purchases with your farm. So it's a way that they can come experience the farm. And I really found that that was a big piece for us. It's like, okay, like I think we were doing, and we'll talk about price and stuff here. Um, a Mason jar for like $25, they could fill it up, whatever they can fit in it. Um, and it, people love that low price point and it gets like new people to your farm who normally feel like flowers are kind of like out of reach or that they would never buy flowers to just die, you know, all the things people <laughs> Love to yeah. say, why would I buy that if it's just going to die? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question you need to ask yourself. <laughs> well, why do you eat? That's what I always say to them because you know what that turns into. So you eat, okay? So it's like you get that comment. It's like, really? That's, that makes why? no sense. Yeah. There's no logic oh. there. If I, had a, if I had a dime for every time someone said that to me. I know. 
know. So I really do think like that lower price point is an easy gateway into bigger purchases with your business too. So Mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. And the add-ons at the, Mm -hmm. um, I can't tell you how many times people have been at a UPIC and they're like, oh, I'm going to get a cup. And then they come back over and they're like, oh, actually, can I do a bucket? Or they want to add a sticker. My, um, Mm -hmm. my niece is always comes in for the summer and they actually just got here on this week and she like hustles people for stickers. I actually feel bad. I'm like, okay. No, it's like, not so bad. Yeah, I know, but they buy it. They do buy it. I'm like, so she's, uh, she's already talking about setting up like a lemonade stand and doing that kind of stuff down there. I know. It's so she's just like a little capitalist at heart, which I love. Yes. I love it. Mm-hmm. And I think another pro um, that I found is that when people come, like they naturally like take pictures and then they post them to their social media and then they're tagging the farm and people are like always commenting like, where is this place? And, you know, it is a way it's like, and it's it's part of the marketing budget, really, in my opinion, yeah. um, is getting people out, getting their pictures going. And that really is an easy way people – I mean, I think half the time some people are coming to pick just for the photo op. So sure. get it for the gram. So – and that's like a really – that was kind of an unexpected perk um, when we started doing the agritourism piece. And it's been, it's been really awesome. Mm-hmm. I think, too, we had uh... – we had somebody, a nurse last year that came and got off work, pulled up Facebook, saw that we were having a morning you pick. She had a really stressful night. She worked midnights, came in her scrubs, and she sent us a message and just said, like, this was seriously the nicest thing. Aww. She told her told the girls at the at the UPIC too. It's like that is that's yeah. what I want. You know, yes. I want to um we have a lot of fun here at work. And, but we're also really about like taking care of ourselves because farming is hard. So I, Mm -hmm. my life is just this constant like juggle between like having fun, taking care of ourselves, working hard, you know, trying to, to navigate those waters. So to create a space for somebody else to do that in their life to me is like, that is why I do the agritourism Mm -hmm. piece, you know, to really get somebody out of their head, um, and to enjoy what we work hard for, you know, I think is, Mm -hmm. you can't, it's hard to replace that. Yeah, 100%. So now that we talked about some of the pros, should we give them the good old slap in the face of all the Yeah. (laughs) Here's the truth, people. Listen up. Okay. We tricked you for long enough. No, I can't. Yeah. No, your property is going to be destroyed. Um, (laughs) There's kids. No, there's a very small percentage, but there there is a percentage of people that's just, you know, it's like – they're, they're not going to respect your property in that way. But no, the mm-hmm. cons of this, I don't know if they're cons. It's just more awarenesses. Um, mm-hmm. You definitely have more increased liability cost, risk exposure, kind of all of that. That's the piece that definitely you have to talk about um, here mm-hmm. because uh, – but it's not something to be afraid of. It's just knowing it up front and getting those things taken care of. I have a really good relationship with my insurance agent. I – there's a friend of mine that said, my husband would kill me if I let the insurance agent on my property. And it's like, no, we have a good relationship because Keith says, hey, I saw you got another tunnel or you're having these events and we should really evaluate what you have because I just want to have the coverage in Mm -hmm. case for some reason something happens. Um, But you do have increased risk and we're going to talk about here in just a little bit about um, location and the location piece. I'm going to we're going to expand on safety a little bit, but mm-hmm. you do have some 
some, um, I guess, vulnerabilities there with having people on your property. Yeah. When I, when I talk to people about UPIC, um, like other farms, sometimes, you know, they get, well, I just can't, I just wouldn't want to pay like all the extra money for the liability insurance. And I really haven't found that to be true. I mean, we have a liability insurance policy and we work with our insurance um, company too. And I feel like we're completely covered and everything's fine for not that much. I mean, the same coverage that I would have for like employees or like anybody else who would be walking onto my property, um, just like at an increased amount. So I really think that's kind of like, I don't know, I hope it's not a gatekeeper for someone to try it out. Um, I really do think it's a pretty... It's a pretty easy peasy thing if you just contact your insurance company, let them know what you're doing, and they would be able to give you a lot of really targeted direction. All right. So the next thing is just unpredictable weather. You know, that's kind of something that there's a variable with, but you have that with anything with farmers markets, Mm -hmm. anything like that. But sometimes the unpredictability of the weather, weather, if you're relying on the income can be kind of a, you know, can be a bummer sometimes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, we. I, I think there's only like a handful of times where I've really felt like I think one time I was like, okay, we have to reschedule because the weather is just going to be that bad. And now, it, obviously, it might like decrease the number of people who show up, but I don't know. I think generally people are looking for a good time. They'll they'll come out if there's like a you know a little percentage of rain or whatever. So yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely dealing with the weather is is something. And obviously, as any with any new business, you know, endeavor that you're trying on your farm. I think there is going to be some increased marketing efforts and costs associated with getting the word out about your UPIC. How do you do that on your farmlands? Yeah. So we have um, the email, when we do our email list, Mm -hmm. we do social media marketing. um, But I try to just have it up on my stories and then we create events. I actually have a calendar linked on my website. So it's right on my homepage that says calendar and it shows our UPIC days and times. If we have to close, I try to like put it out on social media. We've had people actually show up even it's not lightning, but we had closed to rain and we still mm-hmm. let them pick because we were open yeah. and it didn't really matter. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how we kind of put it out. Yeah. And I think people are going to show up and be happy to show up. And I think that those increased marketing efforts are really, other than just your normal, you know, sharing pictures of people being out there, I really don't think it's anything like above and beyond other than just including it as part of one of your new offerings and Mm -hmm. asking for like word of mouth referrals and all those things. Yeah. So if you've said, okay, I hear your pros and cons now, like I want to get started on this. So here's some, some things that I, to consider with when you're starting this. So location, I honestly think this is the biggest and most important piece of the entire equation is your location and Mm -hmm. not just, um, you know, location to the town or how far, like we kind of touched on, but just, you know, is it, is your location on level ground? Um, is it something that people can you know, traverse pretty easily. Um, you know, Shannon, you're on, you guys let them kind of mingle within your field and Mm -hmm. we have something separate. And, and the reason we have something separate is that whole liability piece for us, um, because we wanted it set up in a way that they weren't going in, in our entire, you know, operation and our high tunnels and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, checking for zoning too is something with location. Just checking your code zoning regulations. Can you um, 
can you have this in your area? Um, you know, is it zoned appropriately? Do you, are you in an HOA and they're going to flip out because you're going to have people mm-hmm. and maybe you can't? Um, but that would be, yeah, that would be something that I would consider. Yeah. And I think um, just like as far as even like the location of your picking area is like, is it easy to access? Like ours, we have a little bit of a hilly property, but we, our property, you can access from two roads. There's like the one that our house is on. And then there's a road behind our property that has like a parking area. So it's like people showing up at the right address. Um, But we get people like who are bringing like granny who can't walk that great. And, you know, so having to deal with that kind of stuff, I had somebody show up literally like in crutches and a boot. (laughs) (laughs) So of course, you know, I'm like, Oh, let me go get the extra gator that I just toted her around. (laughs) So (laughs) where to next? I'm like driving. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I think like having that level ground and like having the picking areas like for us, because people pick out of our fields, it can be like a little bit of a hike, you know, from one section of the field to the other. So I really do try and be like, hey, you know, wear your walking shoes. There's bugs here. You know, like all all of the things that you get when you're outside, you know, all that happens here. So um, I think, you know, really having that perfect location where people can have fun and not feel like they're like huffing and puffing through acres of flowers to try and get get to the next field. So yeah. I had um, somebody just this week email me and ask if we provided rascals. And I was like, what is a what is rascal? I it's the thing at Walmart. Like that you ride around on, you know, like the, and I am not kidding. I'm no. so, yeah, I'm like, no, I don't. I appreciate you asking before you show up and expecting one. Um, but yeah, so there, you just, there's always something. Yeah. There's yeah. just very yes. many, but we did, that was one of the way reasons that we did our paths seven foot wide because of strollers and, you know, having people in wheelchairs and making it accessible and our irrigation lines being, you know, kind of hidden in a way that's, that's safer for the customer to, to shop the area. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so then the next, the next piece of this, so you've got your spot and you've got everything kind of set up and um, late is talking about labor. So what all does this entail when you're adding something, you know, adding a UPIC operation? And you may not have employees. The labor may be mm-hmm. you. Um, yep. And so looking at, um, is this something that you can handle on your own? You know, all of the planting, watering, all, deadheading, staking, mm-hmm. um, and then you're also running the UPIC, you know? Um, so you're the face of the, of the farm when it comes to that. So um, we have additional staff. I'm grateful for that, that helps to do that. But part of that is training them to know that they are the face of the the farm. They still need to be able to have good, clear communication skills with customers, be friendly, you know, the old wild root Chick-fil-A, you know, that I've just (laughs) make them happy um, because it is an experience for them. So yeah, Yeah. finding the right person for that sometimes can be hard. Um, I Mm -hmm. I've had good luck with it. We have a lot of really, I have a lot of really good employees. And then also just mm-hmm. retired um, gardeners that want to just come and help too, which has been also a great, great way. But you do have to plan for that additional labor 
in there. Yes. Yeah, I think we we have typically on those nights um, we'll have somebody like checking people in and then generally it's either Judd and I up until this point have been the ones like I think it really I think people love it have loved it in the past when either Judd or I are kind of wandering around like hey like just checking in are you finding everything okay oh isn't that value beautiful that its name is this like we like to like mingle amongst them. Um, so I think that's been fun. I think it really does have, having that right personality and making it, you know, having someone to like take the money and manage the snips. And like, I, I don't know how you do that at, at your place, Linz, but um, yeah. And I think the employees will always be multitasking and figuring it out. So we've kind of found the sweet spot with about two people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have, we have uh, one person that runs it, but the a nice thing too, is that you when I was talking about labor savings, if there is, if it's slow, because we have set days and times mm-hmm. that we do, they can, they're deadheading or they're pulling weeds. They have a bucket they're going around and, you know, so there's, there's opportunity there for employees to kind of multitask, um, which is really nice. But, um, yeah. so we talked, we touched on liability just a little bit, but the safety is really our top priority with our UPIC. So we have, We've got first aid kits. We're always sort of looking at it from a like danger zone. You know, if there's like a, a rut or an irrigation line sticking up, um, you yeah. know, all of those things, uh, anything mm-hmm. that could be, <laughs> could be a hazard will be. We have pump jacks yes. and we have natural gas on our property and we have wells and pump jacks mm-hmm. and people are climbing on them. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> You know, I'm just like my nice, yeah. like my eyes kind of twitching and I'm going over like, hey, we, you know, could you get off of there? Um, you know, so yeah. there's, there is some liability like we talked about, but there are just ways to kind of always looking at it from like a safety perspective. Um, it's just one way to kind of reduce yeah. that, I guess. Yeah, I think um, just having like anything that can happen, even things you didn't think would ever happen, um, will and uh, just trying to be as prepared as possible to the best of your God-given ability. Another thing that you need to consider, it's not necessarily a liability. I just think it's more because what well, we live on our properties. So um, for a while, we've had people use our own restrooms um, at our house, which has been <laughs> which has been okay, but it's like you'll go in and check on them and then suddenly they're like in your kitchen admiring <laughs> your dishes. <laughs> I, I, I kid, I kid. But they, they want, I think, I think there's just like a natural curiosity. Anyways, so we eventually, um, during July, August, and September, when we have on-farm events, just get a porta potty down in that area. So um, we have one for our employees by the barn. We'll have one down by our event area. And it's just, it's just, it makes it so much easier and it's just the easiest thing and it's not being used that much. So it's always immaculate. And I don't think you have to really worry about that. And I think our porta potty is a hundred dollars a month, mm-hmm. um, which is the best $300 I will spend all year um, so that I don't have customers coming in my home. Yeah. And that's, um, have you seen my porta potty drama? Have you seen it this year? <laughs> I have I have a port no. potty. It's blown over mm-hmm. twice in a month. <laughs> oh yeah. Because yes, of yes. these yeah, <laughs> blown over. 
I mean, the other night I was up at my parents two nights ago having dinner because my sister's in and I'm like, I heard these winds. I'm like, the porta john, you know, and I'm like running down to put a cinder block on. Like I can't call them a third time in a month. I won't do it. I'll clean it up myself. I won't do it. Um, but they're so I nice about that it. problem. <gasps> Don't put them in the universe. You're going to manifest it. Oh my gosh. So I put a cinder well, block uh, in there, and but you're yes. right to speak to what you're saying. It is worth it for the employees and for the customers too. Yes. It's so nice. I used to do yeah. the same, and actually, the lady who came to a workshop who owns the company and she's like, Oh honey, we'll get, we'll get this. We'll get this taken care of, you know? So it's like, I know. And then I'm like cleaning my house because to like let yes. these people in. Yes. It's, what are you doing? Right. No. Yeah. No. Talk Create a boundary and stick to We it have that. came a long way with our boundaries. <laughs> yes. We need to wreck. We, we really to, have. Uh, yes. Yes. Good old school hard knocks on that one for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a very important thing you want to talk about pricing. How do you do it, Lens? Yeah. So we have um, two price points that we offer with ours. And, and there's lots of different ways that you could set your view pickup. You could do per stem. So I've seen that before. Um, actually, the first farm I ever visited in Oregon like 10 years ago, that was a flower you pick. You just counted stems and it was like 75 cents a stem or something like that. Um, but we do a 22 ounce cup, which is sort of like a quart mason jar size, I would say. And it's $25. And um, we say to them 25 to 30 stems. We don't make them count. We just sort of reiterate. You have some people that will take advantage um, and really try to overstuff. Um, we try to, you know, um, we try to respectfully, you know, say to people like about how many stems they should be able to fit in there. And then we do a $55 bucket, which is like a dollar store size bucket. So a mop bucket. And um, we do provide the cup for them. So um, we have it that we ask that they like bring the cup back when they for like a refill that we call. Um, and we actually used to do $25 and then they would get $5 off every time they came back with a cup. But we're actually changing that this year. We're just doing the $25. They still get the cup, um, but we're doing a stamp. So um, once they spend uh, $250 with us, they actually get $25 off. So, and that can be used at the farmer's market. It can be used at our UPIC. So it's, it's more like a loyalty card. Um, we have a bouquet card that we've used in the past and we're kind of transitioning over to this to make it so that they can use it anywhere with us, not just like at the farmer's market. So the the bucket price, um, we surprisingly get quite a few people that do that. I think because we have a Thursday pick option, they do that for weddings. And so, you know, they're getting about 60 to 70 stems in it. Or maybe they come and do it for a bridal shower or a baby shower that they're they're picking for Saturday. We've even had people pick on Saturday mornings for weddings that they're going to like go do that day. So um, yeah, it's just a nice – or somebody that's going to make it for – to give as a gift. But that's how we structure ours and it is it is strictly just mm-hmm. – is just to pick. We don't do any design portion with it. Yeah. Um, same with us too. So we're, we just do the $25 mason jar. We did not do a bucket last year. Um, I might, I might think about using that mop bucket. That might be a good idea. So I, the mason jars worked, although it was like got hard to find mason jars for a little while. Um, but, um, we've done that for $25 and that has really been our only offering. People take it. I mean, 
we contemplated on like giving them a bucket and then wrapping up their stems and then taking them home. But then people were like, well, can I have water? Cause they're going to be in my car. And I don't know. I think like the cup works because then they just stick it in their cup holder and they can go home. So mm-hmm. um, generally, you know, we say, Hey, like whatever you can fit in here, you know, then people, I feel like that all evens itself out. Some people it take advantage. Some people like underpick. I'm like, whoa, you can fit a few more in there. You know, if you want, like, no, I'm okay. You mm-hmm. know, so we let people pick out of our production fields. Um, so generally that's, we have, our, it's basically all of our annual fields. So our dahlias and our, uh, and like our summer annuals. So they'll come and pick those. We usually have some extra bunches of like lisianthus, like any greenhouse stuff that we currently have going on. We'll have a few extra bunches of lisianthus and sometimes they'll like supplement with the lisianthus or the extra dahlias if they're looking for specific colors. So that has worked really good, but we just really try and before our you pick customers come, we really try and like have a really good pick for our own business, you know, stuff. So I generally think it's been good. I mean, the pick customers, it was easier to do that for us at this point than to have to create a separate field. But I think if it continues to grow, we'll be creating something separate for customers. Because I always feel like, do do you find this, Lindsay, that they'd be like looking at your production fields like, oh, what's over there? Oh, they do. You have to say, Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when I bring Lizzie Anthus bunches out, they're like, "Why can't we pick these?" Like, I can't explain to I you why right now. Just buy them, you know. Like, I don't. If you want them, buy them. I don't know. Um, yeah, so it's just like there's always those things that we've had, and we used to sell dahlias as per stem, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, "Why okay. am I doing this? I have so many dahlias." So we just started planting. Yes. Um, dahlias in the UPIC field and they really mm-hmm. look forward to it and they they love them. They don't care. You know, I'm like, so it felt like I was like nickel and diming too when I was like trying yes. to do that. Um, so we've uh, we started adding more greenery, different, mm-hmm. you know, we've uh, more spike flowers, trying to get better variation of what we have down there because I don't want them to feel like they, it's like, oh, I got so much for this, but I needed to pay more to get a little bit of what I wanted, like eucalyptus bunches. So like sometimes we'll just bring, you know, bring that other stuff down. But yeah, they eyeball those production fields. (laughs) I believe it. And I think, you know, not, not that they, like our, our professional eye on flowers, like when we're going through and like picking and like grading flowers is on a completely different level than a traditional customer coming. So like a lot of times they're like, you know, picking things that might have bug bites on. They don't care. They, they don't. just think it's beautiful. So I, I really think like, not that they're, I hate saying that they're picking seconds, but I mean, in some ways in our fields, they kind of are because we've picked everything, you know, for our own use and then everything that's left is for them. So, I mean, sometimes I'll be like, oh, what a beautiful, and they have like something half dead or like a weed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, they're like, oh, what's this flower? And I'm like, that's a weed. <laughs> but it's pretty. Yeah. It's so pretty. Yeah. It's, um, we have, that's the thing. It's like they, they sincerely are coming for the experience of it. And they, mm-hmm. what we're viewing it as we're selling, I mean, we're selling to, it needs to be perfection, you know, florists yes. and wholesale accounts. And so, you know, I'm not going to sell a, you know, a little a zinnia that has like a hole in it, you know, in a petal. It's like, it's just not going to mm-hmm. happen unless it slips through. But, um, yeah, they don't care. 
at all, no. which is like the beauty no. of it too, which is kind of refreshing, isn't it? You know, yes. just like, oh, to look at it from like a, a customer's eyes where they just really are grateful to be there. It's like, yes, oh, I should do that more often. <laughs> um, yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. So I guess the planting plan is something. So you're, you really don't really have a set you pick planting mm-hmm. plan. Okay. So nope. we're set up, like we, like I mentioned, in a separate field. And so we, have everything kind of um, intentionally placed in that field, um, meaning like what goes in there is specific for you pick. So we don't always plant the same varieties of um, what we grow in our production fields and our you pick. So one is example of that is branching sunflowers. So mm-hmm. we it's the only place on the farm that we grow them, but it's way more efficient use of space. And then the, you know, you're going to get 12 or 13, 14 stems of sunflowers if they're pinched off of the branching. We succession plant those every three weeks so that there's Mm -hmm. always like we have sunflowers now, which we is the earliest that we've had them for our you pick. And so that was kind of what prompted me. I'm like, to open. I'm like, we have, it's June and we have sunflowers Mm -hmm. in our you pick. So, um, that's one. We break our field into sections. So it's all planted right now, but we kind of always are doing a succession planting. So we do spring stuff really early, which is what they're going to be picking now. And then when Mm -hmm. that's done, we tear out and do the next succession that will be ready for September. So something's always in the fields. They're not going to come to bare ground, but it might not be in the stage that it's ready to harvest. But that way it's, there's sort of a natural succession. We only do Mm -hmm. Um, like two successions, maybe three in that field. Uh, but it's just a way for us to kind of constantly fill in in the hole. So if something doesn't look good, we just rip it out, plant Mm -hmm. something in. So like I said, I want them to see something, you know, versus, you know, having like nothing in the field. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice because it's like the beauty is in the eye of the beholder because they really don't care what it is. It just looks green and lush and, they're happy yes. to just be there. So, or they don't even really care about like the vase life, like of a flower. Like for instance, like we grow a small amount of cosmos because I generally, I mean, I kind of hate picking them, but I really don't think that they have the greatest vase life. At least that's been our experience. But our you pick customers love the cosmos, mm-hmm. so they are fun. They're so beautiful and they're pretty and all those things. So I really do think you can kind of plant some flowers, like. You don't have to plant by color. It doesn't have to be this like our commercial production minds can rest with mm-hmm. the you pick people because they just they just want to like go they want it to be mixed because that's more fun for them to search. Yeah. So I think it like just going back to like seed costs and everything, you really can get just that cheaper those cheaper mixes, color mixes, which are going to be less expensive anyways. And um, I really do think our people would prefer those. Yeah. So you asked, you were mentioned earlier about SNPs and mm-hmm. I didn't touch on this, but like our process is that we, we have it spe- kind of spelled out on the website and communication. We just constantly communicate for them. We drive them to our website. We just say like, you know, hey, you know, for the information, go to our website because we have a download on there that says like, here's what you need to bring. Um, and so, you know, we just tell them they need to bring their own scissors. If they don't, it's totally fine. We have them there for them to to use. Um, but we do ask them to bring a bucket, but if they don't, we always have those buckets available. So we have them cut into our buckets and just transport home in their own. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we go over the same thing, sunglasses, hat, 
water bottle, appropriate shoes, mm-hmm. gloves if you want it, you know, all those sort of things that they may not think about. Um, we actually don't allow professional photography during our you pick hours. They can take pictures. We want them to take pictures of themselves, but we we do it that way because I don't want it to be disruptive of somebody else's experience if there's like a senior. Yes. It's hard to not look at like senior pictures mm-hmm. going on when they're yes. laying in the cosmos. <laughs> you know, it's like it's one leg's up. <laughs> Actually, we had somebody take pictures on the gas or the the wells. It was like I I know it was like you're here and why are you on the steps of the well? But anyway, um, you know, so it's hard to not just be distracted by that. So, um, and the other thing is we just, we don't allow, um, animals on the property unless it's a service animal. So, I mean, those are just sort of some of the, the, the structurally, but we, we ask them to bring snips, but you provide them probably because of the, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I do. We just provide them and then they turn them back in. We have like some little like dollar store round point scissors. Like if there's kids who want to cut, obviously with adult (laughs) supervision, but we run um, a kid specific U-Pick. So it's called a kid's U-Pick on, we do like three Saturdays throughout the year, usually one a month in the morning time and it's geared towards kids. So they get a a little like sand bucket, like a dollar store sand bucket, some round point scissors. They go pick, they design a little mace, they come back, get put a mason jar together with their flowers. They get like a cookie and a drink and we pet the animals and stuff. So That's that's always a fun morning. My kids love it. So I mean, even if you wanted to open up your farm, especially if you have like a little petting zoo, kind of like we have with the goats and the, the chickens and then all the cats running around, you have like a little petting zoo too, Lindsay. Do they mm-hmm. pet your animals? Oh, yeah. No? Yeah, they do. Yeah, that, I, that's part of the fun. The goats sometimes are a bigger attractant than the flowers. Like they, people get more wound <laughs> up over the goats. It's like, yes. And my dad. I mean, it's that. My dad is the entertainment and yes. rhubarb, my goat. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're fun. But. Yeah. And I know, you know, maybe you can talk a little bit about this, Lindsay, because we haven't done this yet. We're going to be trialing a little bit of like really amping up a couple you pick nights a year. Like I know you do live music. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, about how you make like that whole sunset experience a little bit different? Yeah, we do um, sunset. We call them sunset you picks, and we do them the last Friday of every month, except September. We always do it just a little bit early because the plants kind of start to look tired, and I'm OCD. And um, so we have food trucks that come. We have uh, a band that comes, like live music, and people just come and hang out. They have blankets. They, you know, they bring drinks if they want them. They have cooler. They literally just stay and listen to the live music. Um, and so it's usually from 530 or 5 to, to sunset. And they hang out for a couple hours. And so it's a pretty inexpensive way to have an evening out with the family because, you know, sometimes uh, people will come and they'll either do a bucket and, you know, they can get a meal and just hang out. And the kids are running around. We play cornhole. So mm-hmm. it's just, a, you know, we have set up tables for people to eat. So, yeah, it's just a really nice – It's I look forward yeah. to to them. I mean, the design and dine workshops we run are usually are like my highlight of the year, but these sunset you picks have just been really fun because I'm not necessarily having to like prep everything. I just get to be there. And yes. um, that's where my uh, solid experience comes in with people not being able to park. 
So I won't talk about it anymore, <laughs> but we have people like flagging traffic. We have our radios and, um, oh, fun. yeah, it's, it's still just a good, it's it, but it's a good time. We have, we have a lot of fun doing it. So, yeah. yeah. So I really do think there's like a lot of different directions you can take it. Um, and I would say if in wrap up with all of the little cons that we discuss, I really do think that the pros, if you are somebody who is interested in sharing your farm this way, that I really do think the pros just so, so greatly outweigh the cons that um, it, I would strongly encourage you to, to give it a go. Yeah, I think so too. Because that's, for me, I think I've had thoughts of like, oh, maybe I would just eventually you know, do the you pick. Mm-hmm. That could be something that yeah. could be a manageable experience. And it's, it does, it takes some time for people to like figure it out. We say every time somebody says, oh, like, I didn't know you were here or what you, you know, they meet us and it's like, oh, have you ever been to one of our you picks? And so we mm-hmm. just, it's just what we say. We want people to get there to experience it because it is something that's kind of hard to explain until you actually do it. So. Mm-hmm. And then once they get there, they experience it and it's like unlike anything else that they've ever done. So it's just continually to create that customer experience um, that makes them the lifelong, the the lifers, which I yeah. think is just so important as we're growing our business as local businesses. So, you know, we always like to help you guys out. So Lindsay made a really awesome handout that will actually down link link as a download um, to this episode. We'll put it in the show notes for you that has like her top uh, cut flower varieties that she grows at her you pick. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you guys too. I we're as we're wrapping up here, but you guys have like, if you've seen glitches in the the show notes or you've seen um, website errors or anything like that, you've been so sweet to message us. Um, and we, you know, cause it, it is hard to get all this stuff going and know that like every mm-hmm. link and download and everything's working correctly. So thank you guys for taking the time to do that. And um, we appreciate you joining us again for another episode. And As always, if you love what you're hearing, please don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future episodes. And we would love if you just took a minute to leave us a review. So that helps us get our podcast into more people's ears. And did you know that we call you the Dirt on Flower Insiders? I don't know. We couldn't come up with any other name, but that's what you are. Um, So if you, we are going to offer next month a 15-minute free coaching call to someone who leaves us a review. So if you want to be um, eligible for that and we're going to chat about that a little bit more, then go. please leave us a review and we're going to pull one of the names from there. So don't forget to head over to our Instagram at Dirt on Flowers. Drop us a comment or a message. Tell us what you want to hear more of. And thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode. We'll see you here same time, same place next week. 